I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Late at night in my troubled mind, I go back to those summer times. A boy in bed, all the windows wide. You can hear the hot rocks running from the light. a song called All Hands by my guest today on the program, Tim Baker. Let me tell you a little bit about Tim Baker. Here the winds blow and here they die, not with that wild exotic rage that vainly sweeps untrodden shores, but with familiar breath holding a partnership with life. Those are the words of the Canadian poet Edwin John Pratt in a poem he wrote called Newfoundland. Now, you're probably wondering why am I starting off a show about Tim Baker with a poem about Newfoundland? Well, it's pretty simple. To understand Tim Baker, you have to understand Newfoundland first. Let's start at the beginning. Tim Baker was born in Dallas, Texas. No, I'm kidding. He was born in Newfoundland. That's the whole point of this. Tim Baker was born in Newfoundland. And not to get too weird about it, but Newfoundland was born in Tim Baker. The fact is, there's a symbiotic relationship between the man and his birthplace. But it's not just Tim Baker. It's most of the people in Newfoundland. There's a community there that's hard to deny. In fact, when Pratt mentions the partnership with life, he couldn't have been more on the mark. Now look, I'm from California, so I'm far from an expert on Newfoundland, but I do know a couple of things. These rarely come up at parties, so I'm just going to tell you them now. Newfoundland is the world's 16th largest island and the 4th largest in Canada. With the Gulf of Lawrence, it's the home of the world's largest estuary, and those who live there are primarily of English, Irish, Scottish, and French ancestry. So, there's that. My general knowledge of Newfoundland? Not that impressive. But, as you know, I'm the host of a show that talks to artists. So my knowledge of Newfoundland is through a pop culture lens. For example, I know the book The Shipping News was set there. I know it's the home of three major theater festivals. And I know bands like Great Big Sea and Hey Rosetta are from Newfoundland. Now, in the interview that you're about to hear, Tim Baker will explain the community spirit of Newfoundland and how that spirit is communicated through music. But I just mentioned Hey Rosetta, so before we get to Tim Baker's interview... Let me tell you about that band for a second. 
because they're kind of important to this story. Why, you may ask? Well, because Tim Baker was the singer of Hey Rosetta. They're on hiatus right now, but from 2005 to 2017, the seven-piece St. John's outfit played a rhythmic and energizing blend of idiosyncratic indie folk, and people loved them. Hey Rosetta were huge, and for good reason. Their four full-length albums, including my personal favorite, Into Your Lungs, are shimmering platters of inventive and rousing pop. Their list of accomplishments is far too many to mention here, so I'll give you a partial list of highlights. They played shows all over the world, including Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and the World Expo in Shanghai. They signed Dave Matthews' label ATO Records, collaborated with Yukon Blonde, shared the stage with the tragically hip and broken social scene, scored a number one album on iTunes Canada, put out a Christmas EP, and played a sold-out and emotional farewell show at Mile One Center at their home in St. John's. So, if you're keeping track at home, Hey Rosetta are on hiatus, but they have not broken up. It's been two years, and though that seems like a long time, in band years, it's not. Some bands have hiatus it up for decades before reforming. Now, in relationship terms, yes, two years is a very long time for a hiatus. If you and Steve have been on hiatus for two years, there's a good chance Steve's married now. So put down that torch and start dating again. You're being ridiculous. Getting back to Hey Rosetta, heartbroken as their fans were with the hiatus, Tim Baker's solo album has surely been a sonic soothing agent. Titled Forever Overhead, it's a startling album of rich poeticism, textured arrangements, and musical finesse. It's a stripped-down and sensitive effort that's soulful, stirring, and true. Okay, remember a few minutes ago when I said that really corny thing about Newfoundland being born inside Tim Baker? Well, here's what I meant. No matter where he goes, Newfoundland is always within him. That may be even cornier, but it's true. He explains it better than I ever could. So, have a listen to me chatting with Tim Baker, right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. You and I were just talking about how excited you are to come to San Francisco, but I just realized that by the time you guys make it out here, it'll be the last night of the tour. So that must be fairly bittersweet. Well, you might think. Uh, if you haven't done a lot of touring, you might think that. Uh, no, I'm. I, it will be a bit bittersweet, and, and I'm very excited to be taking the road with this new band. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, those, those few dates will be solo, uh, actually. But uh, yeah, uh, absolutely delighted here. Just uh, gearing up here. I'm in Toronto this morning, just gearing up to uh, to get us out on the road. Yeah. Is that something that I know you've you've been a, a touring musician for a really long time? Is that it, does it become a daunting prospect uh, each time you go out? And I know you love to play live, but the actual process. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you spend most of your time driving, I guess, and uh, and packing gear up, and uh, very little of it uh, actually uh, performing and making music and entertaining folks. But uh, uh, it can be, you know, it's like anything else. It's got its it's got its ups and its downs. Uh, in fact, more than anything else, I think it has its ups and its downs. You know, the the the, the nights can be so bright and full of joy and excitement and adrenaline. 
that the days end up sort of living in its inverse uh, and you're sort of just uh, cramped in a van eating gas station sandwiches, uh, you know, uh, and not, not being able to urinate when you wish. Uh, <laughs> so it can be a bit of a roller coaster for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. It's been a while since I did a real tour, you know, uh, and uh, they weren't always kind to me uh, back with Hey Rosetta. You know, I, I often got sick uh, and would lose my voice and this and that. I mean, I think I've, I've learned a few things over the years now, and I, hopefully I can tour a bit more s- smartly. What is one? Give me a couple of things that, in terms of self-preservation, that that you would do now that maybe you didn't do when you were 22. Well, I guess I wouldn't. I guess uh, I, I'm. Uh, we did a lot of uh, sleeping on uh, people's floors uh, back in the day, uh, which which you never end up sleeping that much. Uh, and, and the people you stay with, and, and we'd stayed with friends and, and, and sometimes perfect strangers who became great friends along the way. Uh, and, and I guess it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but uh, it's, uh, and it's, it's, I think for the people you're staying with, it's a bit of an event, you know? They're like, oh, look at this band's here, like, uh, or, or my friend, you know, our, our friends from this band is here. Like, you know, let's, we want to stay up all hours and catch up and have as many laughs. And it's hard to say no to that. So you end up, not really sleeping very much, and uh, and of course you're eating garbage and yada yada yada. I won't go on about the uh, the pain touring, but the, but the, it does uh, it does sort of wear you out. So um, hopefully you know our schedule is a bit kinder this time, and uh, and uh, and you know uh, we're a bit older, a bit wiser in terms of what food we're going to try to fuel ourselves with, and uh, and uh, you know I mean both the most the most most it's the shows really that, that, that either you have a great show and you, you feel buoyed up by the energy in the room and you, it's like completely painless and you're just floating the whole time or it's a, or it's a, a, a bit of a slog and that's really the most tiring thing is when you're sort of uh, playing uh, and you haven't got it for whatever reason and uh, but you're trying to make, make it look like you do. <laughs> well, I get it. I mean, I, I teach college for a living, and if my voice goes or if I get sick, I mean, I literally can't produce what I'm supposed to produce. So I would imagine for you it's the same thing where you really have to kind of guard your health. Yeah, it's, it's a funny sort of uh, paradox, I guess, with, with, uh, in, in, terms of what, in terms of rock and roll, right? I mean, you, you know, uh, it took me a long time to learn that, like, you – you know, you really shouldn't leave it all out on the stage because you do have another show the next day and another, you know, 10 in the next 12 days or whatever. So you really can't just actually scream yourself hoarse every night as much as you really, really want to. And you really want to give it to the people that are there. Uh, there there's a little bit of self-preservation involved, which is entirely not rock and roll, I understand. Uh, and it runs counter to the whole idea that. Uh, and so that was, that's, that's a hard yeah, sort of pill to swallow, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you got to save a little something, uh, for the next night. And I, so my favorite, one of the reasons I'm dying to get to San Francisco is, uh, the, the last show of the tour is always my favorite. Cause you really don't need to leave anything less in the tank. Uh, and you can perform the way you really want to perform, uh, all the time. It's more rock and roll, but it's, it's definitely not punk rock, right? Punk rock is leave it all out there. That's what I mean. Yeah, rock, rock and roll, punk rock. It's like, yeah, just you, you're seized by the moment and you have no concern for any, you know, responsibilities or, or uh, you know, future ramifications for your actions. <laughs> you just, right. 
you go for it. You know, you're moved by the music and you go and you go for it. I saw Great Big C in San Francisco in like 2001. And their show just seemed it was so delightful, Tim. It was like improvisational. It was it was just incredible. And I remember thinking to myself, if I saw those guys the next night, would it be the same? It certainly didn't feel like it. I mean, those guys are um, in 2001. They were electric. They were uh, completely killing it. And uh, uh, and they're, they're still. I mean, I, I friends with Alan and I saw a show just a few months ago. Um, in uh, somewhere in New York, Buffalo or something like that. And anyway, um, uh, yeah, still, still got it, you know, still, uh, still killing it. Uh, maybe, you know, the, so there's definitely uh, similarities between each show, I would imagine, yeah. as with most shows. Uh, most shows that are really that good, uh, they generally do have uh, have things that uh, they've tested. And uh, but I mean. It, in the same breath, uh, Alan is such a born entertainer. He could talk for days, and you'd be sort of wrapped and laughing the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. I I think that in many ways, YouTube, although it's fantastic, uh, almost like blows the lid off the secret that sometimes it, it is a show, and and it is something that you can't change up too much because you have to, you know, obviously you have to rehearse and. And you got to stick to the program. Um, do you feel that there is an improvisational element to the live experience for you that you are willing to try? Um, yeah, I mean, I I love I love a show to have, to breathe and to move. You know, right? Um, we're uh, still just putting together this show, um, but I I you know there will be there'll be solos uh, and improvisational music. I mean, I grew up. Playing improvisational music, played a lot of, uh, of, uh, of you know, rock piano and blues and and jazz piano and 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 and, and I mean the boys that I've got in the band are, are all heavy hitters and and uh, you know there's nothing really as satisfying as a as just uh, playing whatever comes into your mind uh, uh, in 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 like and it going well you know. <laughs> It's always yeah. a surprise when you know. Yeah, this is good. Like, uh, uh, so there's something beautiful about doing something unplanned and having it having it having it work so well. Something that is, that speaks to just like the magic of music in general. But um, we don't have a lot of it in the show, um, you know. Uh, but th- there will there will be definitely moments that are very different from night to night, uh, and you just get that from uh, from being comfortable and playing with playing with great uh, great guys and great friends that feel comfortable to do that so uh it's there's lots of lots of like inside jokes on stage for sure where you'll see you'll see everybody laughing at something that was just like a, a little different than it was the night before you know that's cool uh, and in terms of banter we'll have to see how that goes that all develops as you go but uh um, I do like to in, in, introduce some songs and uh, and speak to, speak to sort of what it is I'm getting on with half the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I I talked to uh, John Angus of the Trues, and he told me something I never thought about before. He was saying that after each show, they they get together and sort of rate the performance and kind of have a band meeting about how we do. Um, and, and I never thought about that before, but it makes perfect sense. How are you? in terms of post-show criticism with yourself? I don't mean that in like in a negative way, but how how hard are you on, on the performance that just happened and how do you internalize it? 
You know, it's very specific to the show. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people claim that uh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm never happy after a show. I don't think that's true. I'm very uh, aware of a show that goes very well. And, uh, and I'll say that was good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, There's been very few shows really in my, that I've played in my life that have been like truly great. Uh, But, uh, but um, you know, uh, it's, it's easy when, when, you know, when you're inside the, the, the thing uh, you, you can see, um, all the flaws are a little better, I guess, uh, you, you know, um, uh, but, but you can also recognize when things are cooking. So it, it yeah, it, it very much depends. I'm, I'm very seldom do I get off stage and say, yeah, we killed it. Amazing. hundred percent, everybody, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, th- there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of nuance in it, but generally I'm not, I'm not particularly hard. I don't, I don't go throwing tantrums or anything. You know, say this before. <laughs> well, what, what is it about your aspect that makes people think, uh Oh, Tim's not happy. What, why did they, did they give you that note? Uh, I think it's just cause they, just cause they know me and I, and I, not, not cause I'm particularly grumpy or anything. I think it's just, uh, I think it's just, they just know what I'm like. And, uh, and very often, you know, people who who aren't inside the music and, and are just watching it, they come up to you and say, "That was amazing! Oh man, that's so great! I love this so much!" And I, and obviously, your response is, my response is not like, "Wasn't it amazing? It was so great!" I mean, my response is generally like, "Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. You know, you know, we fucked up this thing. We fucked up that thing. This didn't sound very good. I don't know what happened here, but yeah, it was pretty good." You know, just because you're inside it, that's how it goes. Uh, and uh, and I'm. I don't know whether it's just being the Newfoundlander, like you're very rare, you know, you know, you're not really taught to blow your own horn very much. So, uh, so you just, uh, yeah, you say, thanks very much. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a kind of, uh, modesty or humility sort of baked into Newfoundland culture? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I think there is, I think there is. And in really in any, um, well, I don't know if I can speak in that to, to that degree with that degree of generality, but I think in small towns and small places where everybody sort of knows each other, yeah, you you it's harder to get away with that sort of thing, you know, um, because uh, maybe you're great at one thing, but you're also you know you're useless at uh, you know at uh, doing something else. You're useless at uh, trying to grow vegetables or or you know fix your boat or. What have you? There's many things to do in life, and you may be good at one, but uh, can't go around, you know, all high and mighty about us. <laughs> we need so much help now, by and by. So I guess that is baked into baked into me. It certainly was in in, in Hey Rosetta. We we were all very, very, uh, you know, humble humble people. All sort of, and always just like surprised at the success that we were experiencing. Yeah, it's interesting having been a music journalist as long as I have. I've and again, I know a lot of it's myth, sort of myth making, but I've always felt that there was a real camaraderie between Newfoundland, Newfoundland bands. There seemed to be a real sort of community and mutual, mutual respect that um, seemed to come through. Is that just a perception, or, or is that actually true? I think that's probably true. Um, I mean, it, it's actually very difficult to make a go of it uh, as a Newfoundland band. You know, uh, it's. It's a, it's like a you know fairly sparsely populated place, uh, and it takes about 24 hours to drive to the next city from St. John's, and 
and so touring is a, is a real challenge. You know, you, you know, if you're going to play in New York, it's going to take you four days to drive there. Um, so it's, it's hard to, to get anywhere where you can get noticed and get signed or get discovered or what have you. It's, uh, it really like, I mean, any, anyone that makes a go of it in a band from Newfoundland, I think a has like great grit and determination and sort of, uh, and like smarts, but also it just has a, a true love for music and are kind of doing it for the right reasons. I see like very few people, especially in St. John's or anywhere in Newfoundland, like no one makes music to make it, you know, like it's just a, it's a fool's errand to think that you can start a band and like make a living at it. We certainly never expected it uh, or planned on it in, in any way. I mean, it, it you know, you, you make music because you, because you have to, because you want to. No one, there's no one there to discover you, you know, uh, uh, and so only after sort of things start going surprisingly well, would you consider venturing off the island to do a tour? And then, uh, and then it's just a lot of determination and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, pain and suffering and, and, uh, you know, good, like you need a lot of good humor <laughs> to get through it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You've just described what it's like to be an artist. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> <laughs> can yeah, you pretty much? Can you hear Newfoundland in your music? I mean, the 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 DNA of the province. Can you hear it coursing through the sound that that you produce? I don't know if I can hear it in the sound of it. Uh, I mean, this record, uh, my new record, I think more. Uh, more than a Rosetta, I think I, I can. There's, there's, um, well, there's, many, there's several songs on the record about Newfoundland, sort of about my past, right? Um, and uh, and uh, it, and it's a couple songs that are sort of, sort of like slightly folkier than than I've gone um, with the band, because uh, I mean the music of Newfoundland, I should say, is, is as you probably know, is very sort of Celtic based. It's a very Irish place. And, uh, uh, and so it's, you know, it's, it's quite, um, it's quite folky and Celtic in nature. And, and my music is not that, uh, there's some elements of that, but, uh, I think, I think people, you know, from there or, or sort of, uh, in the know about, uh, Newfoundland and Newfoundland culture would, would probably hear it in subject matter of the, of this latest, uh, album. And, uh, but there's something about, I mean, there's something about music and Newfoundland where uh, it's such a, it's such an important part of the culture. Um, really, uh, it, it's, 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 you know, I guess Newfoundland, the weather's so rough and the times can be so tough uh, economically and, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of hard work and, and hunger and, cold fingers in the, <laughs> in, the, in the, in the past of the, of the place. Uh, music is, is really where everyone gets to, to can, can, uh, can get together and, 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 uh, warm up. But, you know, I, I don't know how or, or why. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, Irish sort of diaspora there, a lot of Irish Catholic people and then, and, 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 and Protestants and English and everyone moved there. I think all, probably pining for home uh as 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 you do when you're from a place uh especially a place warmer and greener than the place you're in uh and so a lot of probably a lot of nostalgia uh just built in 
to the to the to the character as the Newfoundland character, and and that sort of expresses itself through music. And there's a real joy and appreciation for music, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say in 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 the province. And so, you know, I grew up seeing music, hearing music all the time, our music, learning it in choirs and in school, and uh, and occasionally being at parties and having people sing songs around the kitchen table, and and it, it, it's there's a real joy for it. Uh, and and uh, and love of it, uh, and uh, there's, I mean, everyone there can play guitar and sing the songs. It's uh, it's uh, so I think there's maybe hopefully there's that can be heard in the music maybe somehow that uh, that appreciation and that uh, love, but uh, in terms of actual genre and, and and sound, I'm not sure. I have to someone else might have to to discover that. But I think you've just explained exactly why I've felt that there is community with with Newfoundland bands. I mean that that music is community. Yeah, yeah, it's it's how people come together and how people have come together for generations down there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, our, so many of our stories are are collected in in the music and uh, and our sort of uh, yeah our, our collective pain and collective joy is all bound up in the in, in the tunes of the place it's a, a very american thing to whether it's the blues or springsteen to sort of want to get out from where you're from um when you were growing up did you have the same idea of oh, i've got to leave this place or did you never have that feeling no i never had that it's a bit unique i mean it's a bit unique in terms of a small so a small city, St. John's, or a small sort of rural province of Newfoundland, adjacent to a much larger thing. Like it's it's sort of pardon me, it's sort of unique um, from a like say a small town in Ontario or a small town in like New Jersey or New York, where you you are sort of like hypnotized and yearning for the big city. It's 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 very very far away, you know. Like when you live in Newfoundland. It is part of Canada, but like America is like another a whole other planet. Like it's you, we watch the news from America right. uh, and watch movies, but like it would take yeah, like I said, it would take like three days to drive there, uh, you know. Uh, and and so I don't know. There's a, I mean, there's a huge amount of out migration from Newfoundland to to Toronto and Montreal and the United States uh, and uh, Alberta. A lot of like p- people go out for work. And the oil fields and, and uh, various uh, various jobs around around the world from Newfoundland, but it's always sort of it's always a bit reluctant. Uh, it's not the same sort of oh, I got to I got to get out of this shithole and like and live my life and discover things. It's always a bit like a, a little re- reluctant. I guess I gotta I guess I gotta go on and try to try to make a go of it somewhere else because it's not really gonna work here. You know, uh, it's, there's always a tinge of sadness. I mean, growing up, I never, you know, I never really thought much about leaving or never really thought much about, uh, how, where I lived wasn't, wasn't good enough or wasn't a full enough experience or anything. I never really, never really thought about it. And I just moved to Toronto two years ago. Um, uh, and again, quite reluctantly, but, uh, but I just felt like I needed a new, a new scene and then wanted to put together a new, a new sort of team to work this solo thing. And, uh, and I enjoy my time here, but I do I do get homesick. I'll say so reluctantly because you you weren't so anxious to leave home. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, it's funny. It's, it's more than the sum of its parts, I guess. Newfoundland, like after moving, I realized like, wow, the, like the weather in Newfoundland is worse than I even thought. You know, like, <laughs> uh, like I'm looking outside. It's sunny. It's a sunny day here today. It's sunny all the time. Like, you know, it, 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 this time of year, especially in 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 Saint John's, more than anywhere else, probably in Newfoundland. It's sunny like maybe two days a week, you know. It's like it's, it can be very gray and very very damp and very cold and and, uh, and um, you know, but uh, there's a lot of downsides. You know, the economy is extremely volatile and never particularly good. Uh, and all your friends are always leaving, but I don't. There's something about it that, uh, yeah, I was very reluctant to go, uh, and uh, and I and I sort of miss it uh, quite a bit. Do you imagine you'll you'll return? I'd imagine that I will. Um, I, ho- I hope. Uh, I hope I will. Um, it's hard to say, really. There's like, there's. Um, I'm sort of set up here now. I've got a whole community here now, and it makes sense for me to be here now. I have to convince my partner to move back with me. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pra- practical things to think about, but uh, my heart is still there, and I uh, and I'd love to have. Uh, I I try. I mean, I go there every probably two months I find some excuse, some gig or something or some panel to be on or something uh, to get myself back home and, 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 uh, and see, see my family and top up on the old accent and, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, just uh, be, be connected to it. You've got a secret room Carved in marble and arch in wood Hiding you
it sounds like it wasn't hard to find a community in Toronto. No, I mean, so many of my uh, best friends were already here. You know, there's so many creative people from the East Coast and and uh, and many people I've just met from from touring and be, being in a fairly successful band in Canada, you, you sort of run into the same people all the time at festivals and on the road and various events. And, uh, and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful community here. Absolutely. And don't you think that artists find them, find each other? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, probably, uh, yeah. I mean, probably cause everyone else is uh, asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> No, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I I certainly very much enjoyed being in Toronto, being new to Toronto, and uh, and sort of discovering the various communities of people here, and uh, and uh, and and making new friends, and hearing new opinions and and perspectives on things. Tell me a little bit about the gestation period for the songs on this record. Were they songs you were carrying around with you for a while, or ideas? Uh, or do they all come at, at, at one in one sprint, a burst of creativity? This no, this this record had a fairly long gestation. Uh, I mean, I, I some of them um, I had around, I'd taken around for a couple of years. I fully intended this, you know, my first sort of solo uh, effort to to have more old songs that just sort of didn't make Hey Rosetta albums for various reasons. Uh, but, uh, but I guess I'm a bit, I'm sort of hip to the, hip to the cycle of it here now. And I realized that, uh, you know, a record is a big thing and you gotta, you gotta tour it then for a couple of years. And, um, I suppose in some alternate universe, it could be, you could just do a record and then just forget about it and do another one. But uh, but in these times where you know it costs so much to make it and you, you don't make any money back, you got to kind of really commit to something and and, uh, and and fly the flag proudly for a couple of years on the road to make it all make sense. Uh, and so um, so I ended up having all those songs. I had so many songs. I had old songs, and then I and then I was writing for about a year and a half, I guess. Um, yeah, about a year, year and a half, and then I went into the studio, and uh, and recorded uh, thirteen songs with Marcus Pacam, my producer, and friend, and uh, and and um, sort of sat with those for about three or four months. I just finished them, rough mixed them, and just sort of walked away from them for a few weeks, and came back and listened, liked it didn't feel like it was sort of cohesive enough of a, of a thing. Um, uh, I mean, what is good enough? It's very, I mean, it's hard. Like I had about 40 songs probably. And like, I, I think they're all good. You know, it's just a question of how, how, what, what sort of flavor you want to, you want to have first and, and, uh, and to, to sort of craft uh, a cohesive piece of work and so uh went went back to the writing uh the drawing board writing writing board and uh, and wrote five more tunes and then went and recorded those and then cut it all up and, and uh into 11 song lp here so it it was uh yeah it was a couple of years in the making really mostly because i was trying i was sort of searching for 
for the right voice uh, and and doing so in a way where I would just like write anything and commit to it and try to see it through and then and then much, much later sort of step back and see what I what I what I had amassed and uh, what would make sense as a record. Could you put your finger on what that voice was? Um, I guess so. I, I, I definitely, like, I had a couple of very different voices uh, competing. I had a, kind of like three LPs for a little while competing in my mind. <laughs> um, I had like, well, actually kind of four, I guess, because I had a, um, a, a, a very, very sort of solo folky like a traditional what we think of as a singer songwriter like a guy and a guitar like a sort of campfire troubadour and a little more like folky a little more of newfoundland um kind of thing and had a bunch of songs like that um and uh and then i had uh i had a uh a, a, like a, a six or seven tunes that i'd sort of made on ableton uh that were actually kind of quite dancey and fun uh, an electronic, like kind of caribou, L- like LCD sound system esque. Um, wow. That I was considering doing, uh, then I realized that not exactly able, like Ableton in production, not not really my strongest asset. I <laughs> I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it and learned a lot in a little while, but it, but uh, probably best left to the professionals, and probably best left to someone younger than myself. So I. Uh, and then I had a kind of a, 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 a voice that was basically Hey Rosetta and like a little like big and, and, and boisterous and, uh, and celebratory and sort of a very rock thing. And then I had s- sort of what I ended up going with, which is like sort of um, a lighter, breezier kind of 1970s-y sort of sound that I felt like really connected to some of my first uh, sort of first musical loves and, and, uh, and formative listenings around the house with my parents. Uh, <clears throat> but there's, you can hear aspects of the, of the, the largesse of the rock band and of the like very quiet sort of singer songwriter on the record as well. But um so that's yeah, kind of a roundabout way of the various uh, the ways it could have gone, and the way it ended up. I mean, it's a pleasant problem to have a wealth of material. You just had to make those creative choices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I felt yeah, I I was felt very lucky. I feel lucky every day that I get to just make make songs and then sit back and question if they're any good or not, or 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 how. Uh, yeah, how they might fit together someday. Yeah. Will Will those other three, you think, uh, ever see the light of day in, in some iteration? I hope not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> I hope not. My my manager Jace really wants to release them all. Maybe someday. Not not anytime soon. But I do. There is actually lots of lots of uh, B side material that will that will come out uh now before the next record um i uh because i did because i did sort of record uh so many extra songs and uh, have some some demos that i think are sort of worthy um so yeah uh 
Well, there's the side door sessions, which we are going to release on audio um, as well. Uh, but that's um, like a video series of, that I did, which is which is basically the solo, the solo thing. Some of the songs from the record, some songs that didn't make the record, um, like just me performing live in in alternative venues around Canada. Um, yeah, did did a tour of houses and bookstores and uh, music shops and uh, and uh, churches and um, ski lodges, uh, ski lodges and curling curling centers. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, a few different spots. Anyway, record them all and, and sort of uh, put to, put together a video. And so there's just gonna be a seven song solo EP from that. So that that's almost like the singer songwriter EP, I guess. And then uh, and uh, and a bunch a bunch more uh, B sides to come as well from 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 the record that uh, didn't quite fit. How was the process of the absence of what I guess is a democracy with Hey Rosetta? How was it to not have that in place? How did that feel in terms of this this editorial process this time around? Um. I mean, yeah, um, pros and cons to that for sure. I, uh, it was, it was nice to have so much freedom. Um, and, uh, and it was nice to sort of, you know, you, when you write a song, I, cause I would bring songs to, to the band in, in Harrisetta and, um, but it was always, then it was always that moment of like, um, translating the song in its conception from my brain into everyone else's brains. Oh. And there was always this like loss of information uh, or loss of like consistent image uh, that happened in that process. And uh, sometimes for better and uh, sometimes uh, not for better. And uh, um, so this, this process was like, it was kind of sweet that I could take this, uh, the the conception of the song and really just like work it on my own until I sort of got to what I had heard it it could be in my brain when when I started uh, without having much get in the way other than my like obvious limitations at uh, at playing the drums say um, or like being unable to play strings and that sort of thing so I did use. Uh, Ableton and software stuff in that in that way, and I, um, uh, yeah, tried to play some drums here and there, um, but uh, yeah, so th- th- that was really great, and that that freedom and control was like kind of beautiful and uh, and relaxed. You know, you're not dealing with anyone else's emotions other than your own, um, so it's kind of you know, it's kind of laid back. But on the other hand, too, I had it was like an excess of freedom a lot of the times, and I really uh, had no idea if what I was doing was any good at all because I had no one to bang it off of, um, and uh, and so that was that was hard too. That was quite hard. I I felt like a little needy. I would send songs to friends and like, uh, or uh, oh yeah, friends or, or you know my my uh, management team and. And, uh, and girlfriends and, and like just dying for them to tell me if it's like great or, or garbage. Cause sometimes when you're that close, it's really hard to tell. You wouldn't be surprised if it was either. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, and also, of course, I, I sort of missed uh, a lot of a lot of the the the, the fruits of collaboration, like the, the the happy accidents that happens when you are in that process of translating and things do not quite happen the way you expected. Um, so you know, you take you take what you can. And, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, it, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was sort of to be expected, I guess, uh, better and worse. So there was a kind of phantom limb in the creative process to a degree. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, and there was, I mean, there was, in, if you mean that there was like the, the sort of memory of the band hanging yeah. over the whole thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent, when we were, well, there was a few different iterations of the band, but I spent like, over a decade writing for writing for the band, but like literally writing for the band. Like I'd write songs that my band members would like, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and, and so I found myself still sort of doing that in a way in sort of in a phantom kind of way. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, you're always sort of writing for some ghosts looking over your shoulder. And so, uh, they were, they were there, uh, and they were there in the process um, but also sometimes it was just me and, uh, try, like pretending like I could play guitar solos. And, uh, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> did it, did it sharpen your own editorial instincts? Uh, that's a good question. I've always been a bit of a, uh, like a, a bit of a vicious editor anyway. I, uh, I, I, um, yeah, to me, the act of writing is like half, it's like 50% ed- editing. Um, so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it, it, it's, there's less people to get upset when you hit mute this way. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was less, less to lose by experimenting in that way. Um, not that anyone in the band was particularly precious ever. I mean, everyone's very, uh, like sophisticated and, and, uh, and, um, uh, mature and everything you know it's just uh, it's just like um yeah when you're just dealing with your own self and your own ego uh yeah you can be pretty vicious <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you know when you're writing can you how early on in the process can you tell oh i'm chasing something i shouldn't be chasing and i'm gonna stop that and chase something else um or is the chasing of an idea that you don't think will really work is that even is that part of the process as well yeah, I wish I could say. I don't know. I feel like I do. It's, it's always I do chase things, you know, and it's always those songs that like that you spent um, weeks and weeks on that just like never end up getting there. And I wish I could tell earlier in the process, like this is a waste of your time and energy, this idea. Um, but I'm kind of always drawn to a challenge and drawn to a, a song that's like um, is trying to you know, it has some concept or some point to it that is like difficult, uh, even for me to keep in my mind, just writing about something that's challenging and that like is almost hard to pin down even as you're writing it. Uh, right. and it just, uh, sort of wriggles away as you try to get closer to like pinning it into words. Uh, that is, uh, I find that's like the puzzle that I enjoy working on. Uh, so uh, sometimes I'll chase things for way too long. Um, and, uh, and I kind of actually wish that I could 
yeah, discover earlier that uh, perhaps the, this is not uh, the way the way to go. What I like about you creatively is that you seem like you're willing to try. I mean, those four albums you described, how this, you know, all the ways it could have gone. You're not afraid to sort of wade into uncertain waters, which I think is artistically really brave. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not. I think the, the only way for me, anyway, to to write for the way that I want to live is to is to really allow. You have to sort of allow yourself to do things. I mentioned being a vicious sort of editor earlier, but um, the editor can only get his knives out after uh, the, the, the artist has started to make the thing. Um, you can't, yeah, you can't tell yourself no too early, I don't think, or, you, or you'll never like get beyond a blank page. So, um, yeah, I try to allow myself the freedom to go down any ro- any old road that that uh, that occurs to me i guess and uh and uh and worry about uh tying it all together and making it make sense uh a- after the fact otherwise you're just yeah you you're not uh you you can't you can't you can't get uh, go on any adventure otherwise you're just too afraid to leave the house <laughs> How far ahead do you look in terms of, you know, aspirations? Do you do you think in terms of like clusters of years, or do you just take every day as it comes? Yeah, I'm not much of a planner in that regard. I was listening to a uh, interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger the other day about how uh, he's this like amazing goal oriented person, right? Who, who, uh, you know, as a kid decided he was going to be the strongest man in the world, and then did it and then decided he was going to be like a, the, you know, big Hollywood actor and then succeeded in doing that. And then just like decided that he wanted to be, you know, a powerful politician and, and he succeeded at that. And, and he was just talking about how he just like sets a goal and like literally writes it down and then just does everything in his power to achieve it. Uh, and that just, that interview blew my mind. I've never considered living in that way ever um i mean pretty admirable but i i yeah i never really uh make any long-term plans uh in that in that regard i mean i i uh i'd like to i'd like to make another record i'd like to continue doing this uh as long as i can i'm the same as you i've never i've never really had a plan and um it's weird to hear people who actually were able to sort of project and say, this is the thing I'm going to do. I'll give myself eight years. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do eight minutes from now. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but to sort of visualize it and then work towards manifesting it is just so foreign. And I wonder if that's, is it, is it an artistic point of view? I, I don't know what you would attribute it to. I have no idea. I don't know. Somebody would, I think, yeah, very different sort of a different brand of ambition than mine. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't consider myself particularly ambitious in that, in that way, you know, in terms of like the direction of my life. Um, I, I been, I've been called ambitious by lots of people in terms of the music that I make, but, but, uh, yeah, beyond that, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not too fussed. I'm do- I mean, maybe it just comes from being fairly uh, uh, happy. 
I don't know. I'm yeah. pretty happy the way I am. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you strike me as a guy who you don't sound like a guy who has a lot of stress. And I wonder I wonder if maybe having those goals can also breed a lot of stress. Like I'm not getting to where I want to go, and it's frustrating. And that sort of takes that off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like that you say I sound like a person that doesn't have any stress. Uh, that is, I wouldn't categorize my life in that way. <laughs> uh, things are pretty busy around here these days. Uh, but I, yeah. Um, and I do worry about, uh, things. Um, I just want to do things right. You know, I just want to do, do good things and do them right. You know? So, I mean, I mean, like I'm buried in merchandise here these days. I've been designing, uh, piles of merchandise and, you know, uh, every, every little decision, uh, sort of from the, the you know, the cost and the, 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 where the, where the, uh, you know, where the logo is going to go and it's, it, it's, uh, it's nonstop, but I guess it's not particularly stressful. Uh, it's just a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to keep that in mind, I guess. Yeah. Tim, you're handling it well. Thank you. David, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I love this record and I, and I want to make sure you know that cause I, I have not stopped listening to it and I've, I've been a fan of yours from the beginning. So I feel like I've sort of watched you develop as an artist and I've, I've been on board for a long time, and I've always just found your work so enriching and so marvelous and so exhilarating that, um, you know, I heard you were doing a solo record. I was so excited to chat with you, and I'm, I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it. Thank you very much. That's, that's very sweet to hear. And I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to – I've never seen you play live, so I'm looking forward to seeing you play in my hometown. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love love San Francisco. I, I spent um, – a month there, uh, a couple of years back, I, I sort of moved there for a month, and I lived in a old monastery in a house with like twenty-seven other artists. Whoa! Um, and it was so sweet. I loved it so much. It was so great. What year um, was that? It would have been. Uh, what year was that? Oh, that's that's the most difficult question you've asked so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a memory question. Oh boy, uh, I'm gonna say 2015, maybe something like that. That's a fairly recent. Uh, maybe 2014. It was it was definitely oh, it was definitely pre definitely pre Trump. Uh, so 2014, perhaps. Oh. Oh, prior to prior to Second Sight, actually. So 2013, maybe. 2013. Uh, 2012, 2013, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough question. But uh, <laughs> I can look back, <laughs> I'm sure. But I did I did quite a bit of writing there, and I ended up. I remember I wrote Cathedral Bells there, uh, and uh, and uh, some other tunes from Second Sight. So. I think, uh, yeah. well, San Francisco, I think, is a really such a literary city. I think it, I think it sort of inspires uh, good work. It was, it was so inspiring. Just the, the, just the particular um, color of the sunlight there, I find inspiring, and and all of the 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 sort of collective past of the city. And I was, uh, you know, I was reading some Kerouac when I was there yeah. uh, and just it, it really, uh, uh, and taking long walks and, 
that you know it's such a beautiful town uh um and so storied and uh, and inspiring. Yeah, I love this. I, I can't wait. I, I literally can't wait to be able to do that. Well, it'll be fun. It'll be the last night of the tour. You can lay it all out there, and uh, and I'll come say hello. But but what a well, congratulations on a, on a terrific album. And I, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, no no sweat. Uh, thanks very much. All right, you see what I mean about uh, Newfoundland being in Tim Baker's heart? I know it was a corny line, but uh, it's true. And uh, I think Newfoundland is in my heart after that conversation, and I hope it's in your heart as well. Uh, You know it'll be in your head? Tim Baker's album. It's so infectious. It's so good. You won't be able to stop listening to it. The album is called Forever Overhead, and uh, you can buy it on timbaker.net. Also on his website, tour dates, so you can find out when he's coming to your town. You should go see him play. And you should also come see me play live. I will be at the Bay Area Book Festival this weekend, May 4th and 5th in Berkeley, California. I will be moderating several panels with authors, doing interviews live in front of real people. It's going to be fun. So do come out, okay? All right. Also, go to my website, alexgreenonline.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor. You can follow me on Instagram at Embers Podcast. Or you can send me an email from your old, dusty desktop computer, editor at stereoembersmagazine.com. Who do you want on the show? Who do you want me to interview? Put in your request, and I will track that person down, whether they like it or not. Working with a lot of restraining orders over here, what's another one going to do? Just add it to the pile. Uh, Now, if you want to subscribe to Stereo Embers, the podcast, you can do it. Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Last.fm, and, of course, Spotify. And all those places have ways for you to rate the program. So please, rate away. Throw us some stars. Leave a nice comment. We stay up late at night, and we read these things. And when I say we, I mean me. Thank you, as always, for listening to the program. Let's close things off with another new one from Tim Baker. This is Don't Let Me Go Yet. Enjoy it right here, and I'll see you next time on Stereo Embers, the podcast, only here on Bombshell Radio. Don't let-